Our world is a crazy, uncertain place. Man, it'll cause you to lose sleep at night, cause you to worry about tomorrow. So much to be thinking about and concerned over. And, And I don't know of anybody that really seems to have the answers we're hearing on TV and uh, I know we're trying to figure out who we're going to trust, uh, in whose hands is our government going to rest in this election year, and I don't want to talk about that today. <laughs> I want to encourage you, so let me do that another day. I want to talk about his hands, because I hope to encourage you today in, in several ways. So, his hands, the greatest peace you'll ever have is found in God's hands. Sometimes we think it's other people's hands and other people's abilities and philosophies. No, no, no. It is in his hands where the greatest peace can be known. God's hands are enough to get through this life and into eternity with him if we'll just put our life in his hands. That's the key and that's the challenge and sometimes that's the real difficulty. So I want to talk about that and say, Pastor, what does it look like when we, put our, when we deal with God's hands and we trust God's hands? What does that look like? I just want to share four thoughts about his hands today that hopefully will encourage you and then make some application along the way that will hopefully challenge us. So first of all, his hands are soft for affection. Jesus Christ, who is God in the flesh, living out the invisible God in a visible world, came to touch lives. And it's such amazing things with his hands. We think about a carpenter from Nazareth who was a rough and tough uh, Jewish man in his day, yet he had this amazing soft touch. Luke 18 verse 15 says it this way. One day, some parents brought their little children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. Now, if you want to remember what little children look like, you saw them a few minutes ago, okay? That's little children. And they were some a little older. They wanted him to come so he could touch and bless them. When the disciples saw this, they scolded the parents for bothering him. He ain't got time for this. He's got things to do. There's nothing more important than touching the lives of children with the love of God. Man. So anyway, next verse. Then Jesus called for the children and said to his disciples, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children, a childlike faith, a simple trust, a desire to be next to him. And if you, you've seen many pictures about this Bible verse. They're different forms, but it's basically Jesus putting his arms around these children and touching these children with a soft touch, with a touch of great affection because he loved them dearly. They were valuable to him. And a society that didn't value children as much, he valued them greatly. And showed them the embrace and said, I open my arms to love you and to bring you into the kingdom. What a soft, soft touch. I began to think about that affectionate acceptance of children. And then I thought about other times that God used his hands and Jesus in such a way to touch lives with such a soft touch. The man who was blind, he would make clay with his hands and place the clay on his eyes with such a soft touch. And the man would see. I, I thought about uh, the, the man who was a demoniac that nobody wanted to be around, and yet Jesus would touch him to say, I, I, I'm after, man, I love you. I want to embrace you. I want to transform your life. 
God's hands are so amazingly affectionate that he wants to reach around all of us and just love us, embrace us in those amazing hands of grace and love. Then I thought about what does it look like? That's the doctrine of his hands, that he desires to reach out and touch us. But what about the application? I already thought about this all week as I was reflecting on what God does with us as his followers, as his disciples. I think God's hands are best seen through people because truly God's hands today are invisible. We don't get to see the hand. We can sense the hand of God, but I believe he allows us to see his hands through his believers today to see how we minister and serve to others, and we see the hand of God. I thought about those hands that bake cakes for last Sunday night, that amazing auction where we basically auctioned off cakes so we could uh, send our youth to SunPower to learn more how to worship effectively. And, and, and you guys made some amazing cakes. I thought about those hands that stood at the mixer and worked and did the icing and thought about it and, and went to the store. I thought those hands were at work doing something to serve and to invest in our young people. I thought this was pretty incredible. And it was an incredible night. We had fun and mission accomplished. I thought about those hands that, that get up early on the first Friday of every month and make coffee and stand out there by the tracks and give coffee to people coming by on the way to school and to work. The hands that packed little bags and made coffee creamer and sugar. And then the people that got here early made coffee and was handing it out. Just to say, we hope you have a good day. We care about you. Maybe this will make your day better. I thought about those amazing hands that did that. And then there's hands that came up on the weekend and, and smoked barbecue for uh, a different group of you. They're going on another trip, mission trip, and, and, uh, and uh, middle school camp. And, and I thought about the, the men who showed up and spent all night and just labored, labor of love, just to say, we want to do something to express the affectionate side of God in an incredible, incredible way. Then I thought about the hands that folded clothes all week and hung clothes and showed up on Saturday morning to give clothes away, give little food bags away for lunch and give bags of groceries away. You know, we had, uh, we, we had people that shopped, shopped for 158 people plus children, and then three requested a visit from the church, 11 are interested in, interested in information about our church, and 28 requested prayer. And tonight at 6 o'clock, we're going to do those prayer requests. We're going to ask you to come pray. We'll be praying for cross of the cross of Christ and the people we're inviting. It's going to be a great time of prayer. We're going to pray for those requests individually and personally because they've entrusted their prayer request into our hands. You understand that? And we should treat them with great affection because that's how God does it. I thought about that. And then I, God reminded me this morning, early in the morning, that... Uh, some years ago when my daughter was very sick, and a, a lady named Sybil Kilgo came over to the house, her and Winston, and I'll never forget those amazing soft hands that were, you know, they were a little weathered with age, showed signs of arthritis, but she took those hands and laid them on both sides of my daughter's head and prayed for her. I thought, what amazing touch. Guys, we get to demonstrate the affection of God through how we minister to people and serve people. It's important. 
because it's helping people understand they can trust God's hands as we serve out our living Lord. The second thing, hands are strong for protection. Not only are they just really they're soft, that's good, but they're also strong. John 10, 28 says this. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. Actually, the NIV says, out of my hand. You can't snatch it out of my hand. You can't be plucked out of the hand of Almighty God because his hand is so strong. All the powers of darkness and all the powers of Satan cannot take you out of his hand. Nothing. The atheistic philosophy cannot take you out of his hand. The socialist ideology cannot take you out of his hand. The various hostilities to Christianity cannot take you out of his hand. Because actually it's more of a grip. And in his grip he says, I got you. Young person, I want you to know he's got you. If you're a believer in Christ, he's got you. And you'll make it through this life and through college years and through single years and through married life because he's got you. And he will not let go of you. For the senior adult who's struggling in the latter days of life, he has got you. Maybe I should say he's got us because I'm joining y'all. He's got us. He don't let go of us. He's got us. You guys are struggling with a lot of challenges in life and frustration and even disappointment. He's got you. He doesn't let go. Blessed assurance is found in his grip. His hands are strong enough. I think about that, that disciple named Peter who's always getting in trouble. They see Jesus walking on the water, and they're, they're kind of mystified. They think it's a ghost. They're not sure. And Peter says, well, if you're, really who you, if you're really Jesus, let me come to you. I'll come to you. He said, come on, get out of the boat. Peter jumps out of the boat, makes his way toward Jesus, and he takes his eyes off Jesus just for a moment and begins to sink in the waves. He goes off the Savior and turns to the storm, and he began to sink and drown. And it was the hand of Jesus that reached down and took him placed him back on top of the water, and they walked to the boat together. I'm quite sure some of the disciples were making fun of Peter at this time. He always does something like this and kind of embarrasses us. No, no. Peter's thinking, I walked on water with Jesus for a minute. I'll never forget this. When his hand reached down and got me and wouldn't let go of me. His hands are strong, guys. They're enduring. The third thing, his hands are sovereign for direction. His hands are guiding hands that lead us. Uh, sometimes he may drag us, but most of the time he leads us. Psalm 31, 15 says this. My future is in your hands. Isn't that great? David has said, man, my, my future, my tomorrow, my next year, my retirement years, they're in your hands. I, I, you know, that's it. Rescue me from those who hunt me down relentlessly. There's people that want to end my life, change my life, destroy my life, cheat my life. Hey, I'm trusting them to you. I'm trusting you to take care of me when I can't take care of myself. 
don't know about you, but that's pretty encouraging. Because the older I get, the more I find out I'm in that category, I can't help myself much. I need you. When we're young, we don't need anybody, do we? <laughs> we got it. When we get older, we go, Lord, I have so much I can't handle now. So much I didn't realize. But your hands have guided me through the process of teenage years and college years and young adult years and marriage and life and pain and disease and sickness and struggle. And You've been there. Your hand has guided me. While things may surprise us, nothing surprises him. For his hands are sufficient for shaping our lives. What passes through God's hands can bless us, can sometimes bruise us, but it'll always build us. He is the potter, we are the clay, and with those amazing hands that knows what's best and what's ahead begins to shape our lives. Boy, what incredible hands that perfectly execute grace and love and power in our lives and amazing purpose. When I think about hands that are sovereign, I, thought, I, got, I can't help but think about the hand that guided Paul through his ministry all his life. First of all, that hand that touched him on the road to Damascus and got his attention. But then he became one of the great, great missionaries of all time. Great author in, in the sense of letting the Holy Spirit use him to write much of the New Testament. But in that same reality of being a missionary that God guided from place to place, he also became a prisoner. Sovereign will of God. Where he's in prison, he'd write most of his letters. He became a great church planner as God would lead him to establish congregations and build up congregations and teach and share and preach and he would also become a martyr and lose his head for the cause of Christ. Same hand guided him. And his hands can really be trusted. And the last, his hands are scarred for our salvation. His hands as his ministry unfolded in this life, Jesus touched a lot of people. Lives were never the same. But perhaps the greatest of all is those nail-scarred hands. Luke 24, verse 38 says this. Jesus appears to disciples. It's after the crucifixion, after the resurrection. And they're still struggling. And they, they, they just, they're struggling with how this works and what's going to happen and where is it going to lead. And, and there's one guy there, that Thomas, who really... He's a skeptic. He's going, man, I ain't, no, I, you guys, I hear what y'all saying, but unless I see it, I ain't buying it. No, no, don't tell me all that stuff. I love you guys, but I'm not buying it yet. So Jesus shows up. He asks, why are your hearts filled with doubt? Why are you doubting? In the next verse. Look at my hands. Oh, what powerful words. Now look, don't pass this by, guys. Look at my hands. He's walked into this room. He kind of mysteriously appeared in that 
glorified body. It's a prototype of the body we're going to have one day, I believe. And so he said, I, I, look at my hands. There was something very obvious about his hands. They bore the marks of the cross. They were hands that had been crucified. They'd been nailed to the cross. Look at my feet. They've been nailed to the cross. You can see that it's really me. <laughs> you're, you're thinking, my mind's playing tricks. No, it isn't. It's me. Look at my hands that bear the marks of the cross. Touch me. Make sure that I'm not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. So, you know, hey, I'm not a ghost. I have a real body. It's for real. Bodily resurrection, we would call it. And he says, here you go. Next verse. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Look at them, guys. Don't be afraid to look at them. It's me. Touch me. Touch me. See where the scars are. See where I died for you. And I'm alive forevermore. Look at the scars. My hands experience this because of your need and my love. You came together and provided a new beginning, a new birth, a new chance with a different ending. There used to be a song we used to sing a long time ago, Put Your Hand in a Nail-Scarred Hand. Pretty good song. The fact is, his hands are awesome, but you have to put your trust in them. You have to make a decision to put your life in his hands, to put your failure in his hands, to put all that you've been and all that you are in his hands and let him begin to do a new work in your life. Starting with a conversion from becoming sinner to saint and from the life of darkness to life of light, you put your hand in his. His hand touches lives that we could be his hand to touch others with grace and love. We put our hands in the hands of God because of who he is. We, we trust him with all that you are and all that you're going through because he understands if nobody else does. He cares if nobody else does. I'll share this with you. Burdens I don't understand Tragedy I can't endure, disappointment I can't explain, a future I don't know, answers I don't have, circumstances I can't control. Leave it in God's hands. That's the encouragement for believers. He's got us in his grip. 